0: Welcome to another episode of our Coach Podcast series. In today's episode, we're venturing into the transformative world of reflective coaching with none other than Rosie Nice, a qualified coach and coach trainer. With a rich history rooted in learning and development, Rosie has spent over two decades nurturing talent, spearheading people development projects, and unveiling the hidden potential within individuals and organizations. As well as a qualified coach and coach trainer, Rose has also written a brilliant book entitled The Magic Happens in the Silence, A Guide to the Art of Reflective Coaching. Rosie, your journey from your academic years at University of Cambridge, studying history to your pivotal role in British Airways, and now as an independent consultant, coach and author, is inspiring. So welcome.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, hello to everybody listening.
0: And I'd like to dive straight in, if I may, Rosie, and get us sort of into the topic. So your your book entitled The Magic Happens in the Silence is a great title, but also a statement which I completely align with being a coach and knowing how to use silence. And hopefully, as you say, the magic happening in the silence, but bring that alive for our listeners so they can really understand what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, MAGIC is an acronym. Uh, M-A-G-I-C is um, an acronym for uh, coach methodology, which um, we have developed over the years uh, and that underpins the coach training that we offer and the coaching that I do. Um, And it's a framework, if you like, for a, um, a structured approach to coaching that helps us guide the coachee. Um, through a process from where they are to where they'd like to be, devising their their plans and uh, goals along the
0: way. right. so uh, along with it being an acronym, what what's the magic that's happening in the silence? help Help our listeners understand?
1: That. yeah, and it, it's a play on words because I absolutely sure. believe that good coaching is like magic and and it can be transformative and I'm sure you've had those experiences as well where you've seen somebody's life, Change that the the light bulbs go on, the energy change when somebody um, has a realization or uh, makes a commitment because of the coaching that they've been engaging in. Um, and and to give it a bit of context, so I've been, as you said, coaching um, and training coaches for a long time. Mm. And uh, what happened was we always used to give our coaches, our trainee coaches, a coaching framework. To start with uh, a list of coaches to a, a list of coaching questions to use when they had their first few practices of coaching and they were quite nervous they were coaching for the first time and we would give them a coaching funnel of questions uh, and we would use um, the questioning funnel always used to start with questions to explore people's goals or people's objectives what they wanted to achieve And that's where most coaching models start. What's your goal? What's your objective? What do you want to achieve? But as time went on, I became increasingly uncomfortable with this because it didn't seem to feel quite right. It didn't really flow. What I found that coaches really wanted to do was talk about what's happening now. Um, And they would say, I don't know what my goals are. That's why I'm here. Um, Or they would say, you won't understand my goal until you understand where I am now and why it's important to me. Or they would say or they would be thinking, I don't know if I trust you enough yet to share my goals with you and my hidden dreams with you yet. So let's talk about the cur- my current situation. So I found that what people wanted to do was talk about now. Yeah. And even when we were coaching in the workplace, uh, people would sometimes they don't know what their goals are for the coaching. So if we would be running perhaps an organizational coaching program, and coaches would would arrive not quite knowing why they were there and not quite knowing what they want, what the purpose yeah. was. Um, and so we'd say, So, you know, what, what would you what would you like to achieve? They'll go, I don't really know. I don't even know what coaching is. Yeah. Um, and so what I started to do was play around with the whole coaching process and and start by holding up a mirror. And helping people to think about where they are now and raising people's self-awareness and helping them to understand their current situation before we started to move to what they wanted to achieve. And that's where the M of the magic comes in. The M stands for mirror. And it starts with holding up the mirror to enable people to reflect on their current situation. And that's where the, the acronym of magic starts with that metaphorical mirror that we hold up
0: for our right. coaches and, and it's uh, listening to yourself talk about you know that that approach Rosie is very similar to my experience when just coaching using the, the classic grow model yes. um you know or the to grow model t standing for topic yes and we say what would you like to talk about And you're actually right you know no coachee comes says right i've got this clear goal and i've got this clarity of direction and this is my desired end state etc what they talk about what's on their mind in fact what's at the forefront of their mind so they will offload um, and disclose those things that they're noticing in the here and now. And and sometimes my my sort of experiences, they will sort of if use the words, but verbally vomit all of that stuff that's there on their You just want to offload it right onto you and into this sort of what I call the pot. Um, and as you say, using the M for mirror, reflecting, summarising back and helping them to process all of that data, which... That they're aware of but they haven't quite made sense of it right
1: yes, absolutely and so what we found was we were inverting the traditional coaching framework mm. and also I think it flo- it seems to flow better because when you when you start off with some with a, a, a session with somebody it's it's natural to say how are you yeah. you know what's, what's happening at the moment and so actually then it segues into so let's talk about how are you feeling? Why are you feeling like that? What's been happening recently? Um, and I think it's around helping people to understand what's going well for them and, and celebrating their successes and what they're proud of, what they're pleased with. And then perhaps helping people to reflect on. So what's not going so well? Um, we we say so we will often say, so let's let's talk a little bit about the current situation. What are you happy with? What, what are you less happy with? And we call it the EBI, the even better if. What would be even better if? Um, and helping people to to sort of unpick some of the areas of dissatisfaction or lack of confidence or some challenges. And then that flows really naturally on to okay, so that's what you see when you look in the mirror. Mm. And then the next question, the A and the G of the magic are for your aspirations and your goals. So the first we, we then say, so what would you like to see? when you look in this mirror. You've talked mm. about what you do see and, and you, we've we've raised your self-awareness, we've helped you analyze and reflect on your current situation. So now let's think about the future. So what would you like to see when you look back in the mirror and, and, and what timeframes would you like to work towards? And sometimes people will talk about something next week because they've got a big challenge coming up and they want to feel confident and prepared. Sometimes people will be going for a promotion and they might be talking about six weeks Sometimes people are talking about a life change and they're talking a year or years, but we help people to visualize that future. And that's what the aspirations is. One one day I would love to see. uh, So people might say, I want to be a coach. I want to be a manager. Um, I want to go and work overseas. I want to get promoted. So talk to me about that vision of the future. Talk to me about your aspirations. So that's the A of the of the magic, the mirror and then the aspirations.
0: And then the goal is a refinement of those aspirations to really narrow it down. Goal for the session or yeah. the next phase of their sort of journey? What's what's just clarify yeah. the G piece? with? Yeah.
1: So the G is once we've got the aspiration and the hard bit is the aspiration. The hard bit is mm. what's the direction of travel. So what's important to you? Where do you want to be? And I think what happens then is by the time when we've got that clear, Okay, I want to know. I I understand which direction I want to go in. Then we can say, okay, so let's let's put turn that into a goal. How will you know when you've got there? Give me some specifics. Have you got any time scales in mind? Can you be a bit clearer about what that looks like? And one of the um, I like to use the uh, metaphor of a bridge. And if you imagine coaching as a a bridge, taking us from where we are now to where we want to be and over that gap. If you think about the the mirror is I'm on solid ground where I am now and I start to climb with the aspirations and the the G of the goals is at the top of that arc. So by the time I'm clarifying my goals for my uh, my future, I can look back to where I am and I can look forward to where I want to be. So when I'm setting my goals, I've got the best vision. I've got that 360 vision. Um, and that becomes much clearer when we've spent some time helping people work out what their values are and what their direction of travel is. And then then they're, they're ready to clarify those goals. And then you, you're more likely to get the right goals, because I think sometimes people will start with the goal and then during the process, they'll change their goal um, and they'll refine it. And that's great. But if we get into the goal too early, I think people set off on, in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, because they they don't quite know what it is that they that they want to achieve and 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 realizing that when people can really clarify the aspirations and goals, that in itself is is really liberating for people because it's like, okay, right, now now I now I know where I'm going. And yeah. then the plans that come next become so much easier.
0: And I guess what I'm hearing is that sort of aspirations and goals are being set within the context. You know, you talked around that 360 degree view, yes. understanding the context and the world that I'm operating in and, and creating a level of reality to those aspirations and, and goals as well, which make it more real. And I guess and, and sort of tangible for those in their their world as they see it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I'll give you a, a really nice example. We I was re- running a, a coach training programme in, um, in the airline industry uh, and there was somebody who was working in a shift working role. And uh, and this this was this experience was part of my working out of the 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 magic methodology as opposed to the traditional perhaps the grow model etc. Um, and somebody said to this coachee, so what do you want to achieve? And he said, I want to stop doing shift work. I want to go and work nine to five because I'm fed up with shift work. I'm always tired. That's my goal. So they said, okay. Um, so you know, how are you going to get there? Uh, and l- thinking about. Um, And they were sort of jumping ahead a bit. And we said, Come back, come back. So talk about the current situation. And they started to say to him, So, why why have you stayed in shift work so long? And he said, Well, it's great because I never get stuck in traffic. And it's great because I can swap my shifts. And it's great because um, I can have a day off on a Tuesday. And you could see him thinking, Actually,
0: (laughs) maybe I don't want to change. (laughs)
1: Shift work's brilliant. And he said, Actually, that's not my goal at all. I'm bored in my current role. I need a new challenge, but it's not shift work that's the problem. And if we hadn't spent that time analysing his current situation, he would have had a plan for the wrong goal and he never would have done anything about it because he didn't really want it. But it was was amazing to see him realise, he said, I've been dissatisfied with shift work for years and now I realise that's not where the problem lies. And it was the analysis of his current situation, recognising what he liked and what he didn't like, that helped him realise, he, he changed his goal during that process.
0: And I think that's a great example, Rosie, of bringing alive the reason why we need to spend time in the reality with the coachee. Yeah. And and what I notice when, similar to yourself, when training new coaches, they want to get to the goal because that's the next piece of the process in the, the GROW model, etc. They forget to just play with it and um, process the data and understand the reality for that individual. So that's a brilliant example. So um, we've got the M, we've got the A, you've got the G. Yeah. Please go on and finish the I and the C <laughs> yeah. for our listeners, if you wouldn't mind.
1: I will. Absolutely. So by this point in the process, we've got some clear goals. And and you yeah. said earlier, is it a goal for the session or is it a goal for the longer term? And, and it's both um, yeah. because the magic methodology can help you structure one coaching session. But you might spend the whole time on the mirror, it might be a whole program, and also it's a longer term plan as well. So it it works sort of in the short, the mid, and longer term. So once we've got some clear goals, then the I and the C are about how are you going to achieve those goals? So the first three, the the, the M, the A and the G, the mirror, the aspiration and the goals are are the what, what. What is it that you want to achieve? Getting that clear. And then the I and the C is coming down the other side of the bridge. How are you going to get there? So the I is ideas. So what ideas do you have? Um, who could you talk to for help and what resources will you need? Uh, where could you find some more inspiration? So we help the coachee generate some ideas and then evaluate those ideas. And then the C is back down on solid ground. It's the commitments. So what are you going to do? We have talked about different ideas. We've evaluated them. What's your plan? And the, the C of the commitments is OK. So what are you going to do? Um, and what's the first step you're going to take? to set you on your way so we we finish with what are they really going to be committed to and that becomes the plan so it's the ideas and the commitments of the the final stages of the process
0: great and I guess using the grow analogy again if I may link it to that talking about options and then the way the way forward yeah and then obviously wrapping up the conversation uh, at the end there nice yes and, and what I love about that is that you've realized that sort of I guess the fault in the grow model is that the grow model is not linear it never yeah. goes to goal and then reality yes. it always goes like you've just said it yeah. goes to that reflective piece and people understanding their reality and the context um, and i guess that's not just within the reality but in that silence of processing that data and really getting the individual to reflect around their world yeah. and what they're noticing and the real reality is where the magic happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's where the reflective coaching comes in, because it absolutely is about guiding somebody through a process. And as you say, recognising that our thought isn't linear, a coaching process isn't linear. And I'll often say to people, this is about learning the rules so that you can break them. But as an experienced coach, uh, the more experienced you get, you still have that rudder of that framework. You know, have have we got? Do they really understand the current situation? Have we got some direction of travel? Have we got some some goals to work to? And, and people will jump back and forth, but you, as the coach, will know where you are in that process. Um, but I think it's about that metaphorical mirror is help really helping people reflect and recognizing that. We know as coaches not to interrupt people when they're talking. But I think there's something around recognising the power is in that silence and not interrupting somebody's thinking yeah. and recognising that the hard work is often going on in somebody's head. And yeah. when somebody's pausing, it takes huge discipline. And, and as a new coach, it's one of the hardest things for people to do is just to hold that silence and allow people that space to think um, and that's where the reflective coaching comes in. And my my favourite definition of a coach, um, we've all got our own definitions of coaching that we use. And my favourite definition is is a thinking partner, the coach being a thinking partner. And when I say that to people, when they say, what is coaching? What's it all about? And I'll say to people, OK, the best way I can describe it is a coach will be your thinking partner. Partner, as in we are, it's an e- equal adult relationship
0: yeah.
1: and and what I will do is I will help you think things through and people go oh I get it yeah just those two words it becomes so clear to people okay I get it I will walk alongside you and I'll ask you questions and sometimes I'll challenge you sometimes I'll um, I'll ask you further questions I'll help you go deeper because what I'm there to do is help you think
0: yeah and, and Nancy Klein just to build yeah. on that uses Absolutely. a lovely phrase you know yeah. igniting the human mind
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And um, yeah. yeah, you are a, a thinking partner as a coach. Yes. And I think a lot of certainly coaches when they first start out think that they've got to do the thinking and find the solution. Yes. Right. And they 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 find it hard to control the advice monster because when there's a silence there, they want to put advice into the what I call the pot into the conversation. So you're absolutely right. A coach's role is to make the coachee work really hard. Yes. In thinking and coming up with their own solutions, and using the magic terminology, ideas of things that they could take forward and and commit to. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: And and I want to explore, if I may, Rosie, with you, reflective coaching. Yeah. Um, because I notice in my own practice, and I'm sure other coaches do that. I do a lot of reflection, I do a lot of summarizing, I do a lot of paraphrasing. I'm playing back the data that I'm being given, whether those are words or just you know body language, whatever that might be. And I, I use the term of holding a conversation. And part of holding a conversation is is holding the silence, your your term, but also sort of looking and noticing at all the data that the individual's given me so that then I can use silence if that's appropriate, or craft a question from that data, which then ignites thinking and gets the other party to do the thinking. So help our listeners understand from your perspective, the term reflective coaching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And reflective coaching, it is all about helping everybody achieve their full potential, be the best they can be. um, And whether that's individuals, in their personal or professional lives, whether it's teams or organisations. And and absolutely, it's about creating psychological safety, I think, for people so that they they can reflect. And often what people will say is one of the things I love about my coaching sessions is just that protected time where I can be honest, I can be um, truthful, I can say things that perhaps I can't say anywhere else. I know it's a confidential environment and, and, we will reflect, as you say, back to people what they say. And sometimes people will hear themselves and they'll say, actually, I don't think that at all. They'll hear themselves say something out loud and they'll say, that's a thought that's been going around in my head. But as soon as I articulate it, I realise I think something different. And that's great, because what we're doing is we're giving people the space to articulate their thoughts that perhaps they haven't had the opportunity to do so elsewhere. And speaking things out loud seems to stimulate a different part of the brain and they say it out loud and they hear themselves or we may reflect back. Can I just reflect back to you what you've just said? And people go, actually, yeah, now you say it that way. Now I hear myself say it, I think something different. Yeah. So the, the power of that, I think, is is transformational.
0: Yeah. And, and I have ex- exactly the same experience. People, the words they will use is, did I really say that? And I'm like, I exactly what you said, verbatim. They're like, yeah. wow, that's not what I meant. And you're right, by people expressing and I guess verbalising, processing that data, whether that whether well, that would be externally, is a real powerful way of getting clarity of their thoughts and their thinking to help then guide you know those ideas and get rid of the chaff from the wheat, I guess about what really is important to them or or really unpick the reality your your example of the the shift worker uh, is a great one of just helping him to process what is important. Yeah. And, and where is the actual challenge or the, the, the situation that he wants to to resolve?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, along with the magic approach, are there other tools or approaches that you can share with listeners to to help reflective coaching?
1: Um, yes. I mean, in in um, in the book, the, it's all about practical tools and techniques. So I, I've, I've laid out um, there are three questions for each stage of the MAGIC. So what I've done is is I've laid out 15 questions as guidelines um, to to guide a coachee through um, the magic process. And then there is a tool and a technique for each question, an exercise for each question, because I I think it is really important that we recognise the range of learning styles and communication styles we'll have with our coachees. Not everybody likes to talk things through all the time people like visual things so sometimes we'll put up uh if we're coaching virtually at the whiteboard or a slide just as a visual um one of my favorite exercises with the ideas as an example is we will help people um think through and evaluate the ideas they have and i've got a little grid and uh it looks at we call it the gives and the gains so if you've got an idea uh we do a lovely little four point uh, four quadrant model and you can say so this this idea that you've had how much will it give you you know what what's the reward the return on your investment uh, and uh, and so what how much will you gain from that but also how much will you give you know how much effort time resource money or whatever it might be is that going to cost and so we look at the the um, easy wins so it sometimes it's obviously great if if i can have an idea that will uh, take quite a little amount of effort but give me a big reward versus something that we might get distracted um so an example if somebody's let's say they are working on their health and well-being and they are thinking about getting fit uh so that they can feel physically and, and mentally stronger and better and and i i was training for a 10k earlier this year and one of the first things i did was go and buy myself some new gear <laughs> right
0: yeah
1: <laughs> That's that's quite expensive. It gave me quite a buzz. Yeah. It didn't really take me very much further towards <laughs> the goal of the ten k. It was a bit of a distraction, really. Yeah. It was a bit of a time waster in terms of it cost quite a lot of money, but it didn't really get me a lot closer to my my um, uh, get my goal. The best thing for me was putting alerts on my phone when I decided when I was going to run, and every, and the morning at seven o'clock it came up going run time, and and that very little effort really big because it just calendarized it and I got up and I did it so it was the simplest idea it was a really quick win is to calendarize it and I knew that when I got up I'd put my running gear on and it was in my diary that and I blocked off the time so simple but that was an idea uh, an example of something that had a really big gain for a very small give so we yeah. help people when people have got all these ideas we say okay let's just write them all down and let's plot them so which of the ideas are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck and that's that's an example and we can get that up as a as a visual and I think that helps people as well
0: and, and I think it's useful f- for us as coaches to just build some momentum you know what's the next step so going back to your goal it, and I think you're using the analogy of a sort of a, a hill or a mountain Yes. It isn't about climbing the mountain in a week or whatever. It's about little steps that one can take to build that momentum and putting timelines in place to make sure that those are those are realistic as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. So we, I, I'd love to help people break things down. So if your goal is to become a professional coach. OK, so that's if you've got an idea of when you'd like that to happen by. So let's do some backwards planning. And think about where do you want to be by the end of the year? Where do you want to be? And what what's the first step in the process? And breaking it down to manageable chunks and celebrating those successes along yeah. the way so that you can chart your progress. Um, so I, I think absolutely breaking it down is a real key to achieving a bigger goal.
0: Yeah. And and I guess with all of that, um, the core skill of listening. Uh, and note, I, I prefer the word noticing because listening yes. is just assumes audio where noticing is is more holistic in, in what you might notice in the data comes through what are within the book or other experiences you've got that talk into the art of listening yeah and being able to really listen at a much deeper level than we do normally
1: yeah yeah um well I love an acronym and so I've explained that magic is an acronym silence is also an acronym
0: okay <laughs> for
1: me they work as really good memory aids yeah. Um, so when I was thinking about listening and, and writing down and clarifying some of the thoughts about listening for some of the coaching training programmes that we write, um, we came up with a, a sort of seven steps to good listening, if you like, and yeah. and I put it into an acronym for the silence. And the first thing and probably one of the most important is the S is for slow down. So just don't rush it. Part of the value of the coaching is space and time. So slow down. And you see with new coaches the next question, and the next question, and the next question.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And
1: slowing down for that thinking and and waiting, uh, and and so what you're doing the eyes for introspection, so opportunities for reflective thought. So we're helping people with that reflective coaching is introspection. So let me look within, and 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 find the answers that I've got within me. So that introspection and creating the value for that listening is the L. Listen to what people are really saying as well as what they're not saying. Um, Empathy, understanding other people's perspectives. One person's challenge might be easy for somebody else, having, putting yourself in their shoes, listening to their perspective, Um, noticing, uh, noticing nonverbal cues, but also noticing our own reactions, coaches. So sometimes is our reaction getting in the way or what's our instinct telling us? And you might say, "I, I. I uh, I noticed myself um uh, I've got a bit of a challenge about what you might have just said there can we can we look at that or I noticed that slight change in your tone of voice there can we explore that um the C is for calm just creating that calm supportive non-judgmental environment um and the finally is for engaging um minimizing distractions for us and for the coaches so I often will say you know, turn off your notifications give yourself that space put your phone away turn your um, your slack your email turn it all off this is precious time. so let's really engage and also obviously making sure we do the same thing and not having notifications propping up or noise outside or clearing our own mind before we come into the coaching session all of those things to make sure that we're both in the in the best possible place to get the most out of the time together.
0: Great. I, I love your acronyms, by the way. It's a so lovely way of remembering <laughs> things. I, I guess the the piece at the end is about, I, I, you know, it's so important for us as coaches to be present. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the term you use, you know, being mindful uh, and engage with the other party that we're working with. Um, but the other end of that acronym, the, the S, is slow down. I think that's a really important part for certainly those coaches that are, that are starting out is you don't have to have the next question loaded, ready to go. It's about slowing down, processing the data, noticing what's emerging, holding the conversation, picking up those areas that, you know, are for you most relevant or they'll be careful not to sort of guide that and then frame the question from what we're hearing, rather than have questions already loaded up and just firing them at, at, at the coachee. Yeah. And I, in, in the training we do, we use a very simple tool called the, the communication cycle. And it shows key points where you need to slow down or just pause or even stop, you know, another S um, and allow the process to happen, whether that's for you or for the coachee. Because when the process is happening, that's when the magic is happening. Right. That's when the data the thinking is going on. And, you know, we all know that some people want to process internally. There's more introverted in their preference. So silence doesn't mean that I don't know. A good silence and a, it's not an awkward silence, a good silence in that they're thinking. And the coach needs time to allow that thinking to come to the fore and, and share it into the conversation.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's really interesting distinction between an uncomfortable, awkward silence versus yeah. a, thinking really deeply please please don't interrupt me silence (laughs) Uh, and I think it's uh sometimes the coachy particularly when people are less experienced they they find that silence very awkward and it takes real um self-discipline to hold that silence and and to just sometimes just ask a question and not fill it with another question or not um explain and just allow and and somebody will say if they if they don't understand the question they will say but often people will just really value and you'll see people looking away or looking down or making a note and think okay that the magic's happening in there somewhere i need to create the space for it to happen
0: yeah and as you say as coaches certainly when you first start it it's uncomfortable that silence is difficult so you want to fill it but when you fill it you're stopping the magic from happening because you're stopping their thinking because you're doing the thinking for them
1: yeah and i think that sometimes that comes from people wanting to add value and people thinking well if i and i i know that having been a trainer i'm still a trainer and so sometimes i have to take when i take my trainer hat on put my coach on my coach hat on my trainer hat off it's it's a very different mentality isn't it from from as a trainer adding value from guiding people through uh, models and ideas and a process and and the the coaching allowing the coachee to fill that site so they're very different approaches it's ostensibly quite similar but actually the approach quite different and the value that you add quite different often
0: and I, I find Rosie that when working with coaches at the beginning they want to help yes they want to give the answer because they feel it's going to be helpful yeah but sometimes helping isn't always helpful because by contributing and doing the thinking for the other party we're stopping the coachee from doing the thinking and therefore potentially stopping from learning and, and using your magic analogy, find those brilliant ideas. Yes. They All they get is our ideas. Um, and as we know, you know, if you if you feel like you're being done too with me giving you all my ideas, yes. you don't embrace that. And you're not committed to yeah. take those forward and, and uh, make, you know, the aspirations that you want to, to have happen because it doesn't feel like it's yours. It's someone else's being done to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, again, something that we all have to learn when we first start coaching is,
0: sure.
1: is how do I add the value without telling people what to do and like yeah. without fixing it, <laughs> fixing it for people?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I have some of my um, practice coaches will say I, the session didn't go really well. I just sat there and I listened. And, and I felt it went terribly, but the coach, he felt it went brilliantly. And I'm like, well, that's the that's the magic of silence. That's yeah. allowing the individual just to reflect, as you were saying with your with your model and just the mirror yeah um, and just analyze it and have that quality time, which is for them, whether that's introspective or otherwise yeah just yeah. to work out what's going on and make sense of for them might, might be nonsense or emo- emotional turmoil just to process that and, and put it into a way that they can then articulate it and, and move forward with it.
1: I remember having a coaching session uh, a little while ago with with a lady, and she talked non-stop for for an hour, and and this and that and then this and that and and i I'd, I'd done the contracting at the beginning, and I said, you know, it is a confidential conversation, and and um, and I set it all up with and and how it was going to work, and then she just spoke, and at the end of it, I thought, gosh, you know, I ha- I haven't been able to coach her at all. And uh, and she said at the end, oh, that was so helpful. Thank you so much. I feel so much better. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I was like, oh, that's good. I've
0: not done anything.
1: <laughs> but she just said, I just needed, I just needed to get it straight in my head. Uh, and I and I just asked a couple of questions. But she again, she'd found it so valuable. She was somebody who she spoke to think. So she would think while she was articulating and she would talk it through. And as you say, other people are very much more reflective and they like to think before they speak. But she was absolutely somebody who worked out what she thought by having that conversation. So, yeah, it was fascinating.
0: So what we're saying here um, in in the statement, you know, the magic happens in the silence, is actually what we're saying here. The silence enables the coachee to process and digest and, and reflect. And that's where we're helping them with their thinking to get some clarity and understanding and making sense of that, which then leads to an action or an idea and then an action to move forward. So is that what we're saying about the magic happens in the silence? I
1: think it, I think it is. Somebody shared hmm. with me a little while ago a concept called the Einstein Hour. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I Einstein never heard of that no. He reputedly said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes analysing the problem and five minutes working out the solution. Right. And I thought, Isn't that interesting? And he believed, supposedly, that uh, the, the quality of the solution that you generate is completely proportionate to your understanding of the problem you're trying to solve. And I thought that sums up this concept mm. so well in that the more I understand my current situation and and how I got here. So when we're talking about the reflective coaching, we'll often look at where are you now, and that's present me, and yeah. then we look at past me. So how did I get to where I am now? So what did mm. some of the the decisions and the actions that that past me and the me of the past took that. Took me to where I am now, and and then before we can think about and where where do I want to go next, and and what can I learn from what's Mm. happened to me in the past, and and we look back with compassion because there will for all of us there'll be decisions that you'll think why on earth did I do that? There'll be some decisions that you'll say oh I'm I'm really proud of myself or I'm pleased I did that or I took a risk and it paid off, but there there will also be things where we will think what was I thinking? But I think. If we look back with compassion, and we, we'll always learn something, and what can I learn from the journey that took me to where I am now? What can I learn about myself? What can I learn about my um, experiences, my skills, my strengths, my decisions? And then how can I use that to help me in the future? So how can I, um, we, we I like to say, how can you be a friend to your future self? Because what can I do now that my future self will be pleased, grateful for, etc.? And I think the more we can understand the past and the present, this, this Einstein now understand the problem, the challenge, the issue, then then the solutions become so much clearer.
0: Yeah. Well, what I would say to that, if I may, is just build on it and give just a different perspective, mm-hmm. because sometimes when we keep clients in the current reality, yeah. there's a danger that we get stuck and they just yes. go round and round yeah. and round because they yeah. can't see the answer. You know, yes. they spent 55 yes. minutes using Einstein's theory yes. um, of looking at the problem and the reality, but they just can't see a way forward. Yeah. So yes. I guess the other argument to that is sort of Stephen Covey's start with the end in mind.
1: Yes. Yes. You
0: know, where is it you want to be? Picking up on your analogy, where's your you, you as your best friend's friend?
1: Yes. Where yes. does that
0: want to be? Or what is that desired future state?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And, and where, you know, where is that start, do some vision and visualisation? Yeah, so that's another approach that we mustn't forget and but you're right it depends on the coachee that you're working with and what comes up Um, and i love the word compassion uh, because we do need to think about some of the boundaries when we do go back and where have i come from and you know sort of make sure we don't trigger anything there but um so different approaches depending on different uh individuals that we're we're working with i guess
1: yeah absolutely and i i think that when people we people will um have much more clarity about the future when when they understand the current but i, I absolutely we we need to recognize when we're going round in circles and go, and go okay so what do you want to see when you look in this yeah. um, yeah. and the
0: mirror
1: and and that that uh judgment of when's the time to ask that so that we don't get stuck in as you say um in in too much analysis of now without helping people move forward. And I think that's that's the power of that coaching. Is It's OK, how can we get you out of that? How can we move you closer to where you want to be?
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to realise coaching is about being better and you don't need to be ill to get better. But it's yes. bit better is doing something different or moving forward to a new state, um, a desired future state. Um, so there's, there's two elements to consider. Rosie, is there anything else that our listeners would benefit from, either through the the magic analogy or through the um, reflecting, reflective coaching, or any other tools that you'd like to to share with our listeners before we come to a to a close? Uh,
1: I would. I guess I would like to um, the the concept of of reflection, reflective practice. I think is. I have become more and more um, convinced of its its power, if you like, and I'm sure as coaches, it's uh, part of our practice to reflect after a coaching session. Sure. Yeah. And I I now encourage a lot of my clients to do that too. And, and people are always surprised with how valuable it is. And sometimes I think people, if we go to a meeting or we do a presentation or um, an interview or whatever it might be, um, and people sometimes worry afterwards around, how did it go? Was And we beat ourselves up a little bit. We can, can be quite self-critical. And I think using the reflective practice process can be so helpful in terms of channeling our worry and anxiety into a positive learning experience. So I would always encourage people at the end of an experience, even if it's five minutes, to say, okay, what went well? What's the even better if? So what would could have gone better? What can I learn from that? And what am I going to do with that knowledge and that learning? How am I going to positively use that going forward? So even if we think something's been a bit of a disaster, There will always be some good. You will always have done some good things. And there'll always be something to work on and improve on because that's fantastic. It keeps us learning. So what can I learn from the experience I've just had? And then what am I going to do? How am I going to practically apply that to help me move forward? Um, And that for me, that process of, of continual reflection means we can be our own coach. And some of these methodologies and some of these um, uh, tools and techniques that we use work well for ourselves. So I think anybody can be their own coach. And I've done that exercise with a lot of people. And it sort of sometimes it calms people down if they're anxious. It gets things into perspective. It helps us um, be more objective about our experiences. And I, I think it really accelerates. Our learning and development. So, I think that's a nice little, perhaps a little takeaway to just spend five minutes going through that reflective process, but focusing on what can I learn and what can I do um, positively with the experience I've just had.
0: And I think that that lovely simple question, what did I learn from this, is such a key question. And then from that learning, how do I use that to be a better version of myself? Yeah. Um, And if we can bring that not into coaching, but just everything we do as individuals, as human beings, wouldn't it be a better world? wouldn't it Absolutely. <laughs> which is a nice linkage to my next and final question and something okay. that i ask all my guests which is yes. our, our purpose at coaching focus is coaching for a better tomorrow yeah so yeah. i'd love to hear you know your understanding of what coaching for a better tomorrow means to yeah. you rosie
1: yeah yeah i think it's a lovely a mission a lovely mission um vision statement and and my mantra has long been coaching for growth. So nice. quite similar. Um, and that works at a level of personal growth and development and also organizational growth in a in a organizational yeah. context and, and commercial success. And actually I've recently amended it to coaching for sustainable growth. Yeah. yeah. It means growth and development of our clients in a sustainable way, but it also has the sustainability um, focus in of a more conservation. Um, a concept. So I think that that's sustainable. And I think the coaching for a better tomorrow encapsulates that beautifully. It's a better tomorrow for us as individuals and for organisations and, and for society more generally. And I think it links in really well with this concept of being a friend to your future self. So coaching helps us. I see coaching for a better tomorrow as helping all of us be friends to our future selves, whether it's individuals or organisations or a society as a whole for a better tomorrow.
0: Rosie, I, I love that, especially the sustainable piece as well, because, you know, tomorrow will only happen if it's sustainable and we can continue to learn and be you know, a good friend to our future self. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: So thank you for the conversation. It's been a real pleasure as ever. Uh, and I'm sure our listeners have taken a lot from our conversation too.
1: Well, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, and I've really enjoyed our conversation too. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Rosie.